We are broadcasting from Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, we have our program that we've been waiting for for this Laylatul Jumu'ah, Tazkiyah. And uh, our guest, Mufti uh, Sheikh Kamaluddin from Pakistan. Uh, inshallah, Aziz, we need to start off this Laylatul Jumu'ah with a good spiritual boost, inshallah, Aziz. And we want to come close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if any of you are busy with anything else, I think put everything aside, get your ears close to your receivers, and just be connected, because we want to get as close as possible to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mufti Kamalu, Sheikh Kamaluddin, how are you this evening? Assalamu alaikum. We've got a little bit of a technical hiccup there. We're just trying to get hold of Sheikh Kamaluddin in Pakistan. Uh, on the way to the studio, we had a good downpour. There was a lot of rain. And uh, we were caught up in the traffic, driving slowly. We're here now to commence this program with uh, Sheikh Kamaluddin. Sheikh Kamaluddin, are you on the line? How are you doing? Wa rahmatullahi wa Sheikh, wonderful with the fuzzle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It seems like just last week, uh, Laylatul Jumu'ah, when we spoke, and time is going so fast that Sheikh, uh, we are back again this week, and before we know it, we'll be again there next week. But as long as we're spending this time uh, trying getting connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I just look forward to it. Sheikh, last week you gave a very, very beautiful description of Zikrullah. When you mentioned that uh, it's the first in the case of Zikr where you become the Zakir, and then by Allah you become the Mazkur where you are remembered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are the Muhib, you are the lover, and then you become the Mahbub, the one that is loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Sheikh, uh, I'm sure you're going to still be discussing Zikrullah or you've got anything else on your mind this evening? No, I was going to continue with the same topic and you had mentioned last time that there were some uh, questions that were left that we couldn't reach. So, Sheikh, well, without further ado, I think you should just take on this show now and inshallah, Aziz, give our listeners the best of it so that inshallah, Aziz, we can align ourselves spiritually with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Last time, you know, I'd spoken uh, on the things that you mentioned, which is a uh, very sort of detailed understanding of zikr. But I thought perhaps I may take a couple of steps back tonight and focus on what is just a more, a much more basic aspect of zikr. And that is that if you look, Allah SWT said in the Qur'an, وَلَكَدْ يَسَّرْنَ الْقُرْآنَ الْذِكْرِ That verily that we have made the Qur'an easy for zikr. And... What Allah Sponta means by that is that the nasiha or the general advices or counsels given in the Quran are easy for a person to understand. But the question is that why did Allah Sponta use the word dhikr? He could have said that we have made the Quran easy for nasiha. And the reason for this is that, and this is actually one of the, not just hidden, but this is one of the major benefits of dhikr, and that is that the more and more we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more and more we will remember our relationship with him, the more and more we will remember our haqiqat as his ibad. And as long as a person is conscious of Allah, 
and conscious of their identity as a servant, then they're going to be conscious of the relationship between them and their Rabb. And this is what happens basically, and it's the opposite of this that is called Ghaflat, that a person forgets their Lord, therefore then they forget their own identity as a servant, therefore they forget the value and the priceless nature of their relationship with Allah, and therefore they can lapse into sin. So when a person tries to do the zikr of Allah, it benefits them so much because what happens is they end up not just remembering Allah, but they also end up remembering and discovering their true self. And our true self is that we are Allah Ta'ala's servant and slave. And secondly, then they end up remembering their true, their truest relationship, which is our relationship with Allah. Because if you think about it, many times we are so caught up in worldly relations, in our relationship with other people, and we're so constantly thinking about, which is zikr, we're so constantly thinking about, reflecting, remembering, worrying over our relationship with Ghairullah. And we are so conscious of our identities, other than our servanthood and slavehood, that we're aware of ourselves as a student, or a professor, or a worker, or a businessman, or a father, or a son, or a mother, or a sister, or a daughter. And all of these other identities become dominant. So what zikr does is that the more and more a person does zikr, then their primary identity as the servant and slave of Allah Taala that becomes dominant. And when a person starts to do more and more zikr, they worry about the relationship that they have with Allah more than they worry about other relationships. And the other benefit is an even more practical one, is that when a person tries to do zikr, the only way you can do zikr is by being aware. In other words, that there's, you can do every single thing with ghaflat except zikr. You can pray salah in ghaflat. You can recite istighfar in ghaflat. And before you know it, you've said istighfar a hundred times and you didn't even feel a drop of remorse. Or we might not even remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it's not possible to do zikr in ghaflat. It's just impossible. And so when a person starts practicing zikr, then what they're doing is they're actually training themselves to eliminate ghaflat. Even if they're doing the zikr of Allah, that's going to later turn in to the removal of ghaflat in all of their ibadat. And the other thing, the third thing, is that the more and more a person does zikr, the more and more they become purposeful in life. Because many times what happens is due to our laziness or our distraction, we end up leading very aimless and purposeless and visionless lives. And so you have people saying that we spent the whole weekend and we don't know where it went, or we slept so late on a Sunday morning, or that we feel that our days are just passing us by. When a person starts to do zikr, they become more aware of every moment. And you will find, for example, especially for the beginner, that when they start doing zikr, time slows down for them. And so what happens, they will sit in zikr, and they will sit, and then let's say they close their eyes, and they try to focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then they stop. And when they stop, they will think that maybe 20 or 30 minutes have passed. But they look at their watch, only 5 or 10 minutes have passed. And this is a very good way to slow time down. Because what happens is in this modern world, we are leading extremely fast-paced lives. And just like you were saying in the beginning, that... You know, you know, the next Thursday comes so quickly. And these weeks are passing by so quickly. 
and it just seems like yesterday that me and you were online together, but a whole entire week of our life has passed, and we're each one whole week closer to our grave. But when a person does zikr, you will feel that a person's time slows down. Why is that? Because in the process of doing zikr and trying to focus on zikr, we're watchful. We are watchful and keeping a vigil over every moment. In fact, the Mashaikh of the Soul say that a person should be watchful over every breath. And that's amazing because me and you, we, most people, we normally split our time into days or hours or minutes. These were people who parsed their time, who split their time, not just to the second, but the fraction of a second that it takes to breathe. And why was that? Because by doing the sickness, they became so aware and watchful over their time. Now, this will happen to us during the zikr, but as the beginner progresses and does more and more zikr, this attribute will spill over into their life outside their zikr. When it spills over outside of zikr, then they're now watchful over their time. They start valuing their time. They view every second as something precious that is spent. And that mu'min who can learn to value his time, Allah Akbar, that is the mu'min who is successful. And this is such a common disease that we all have, is that we're not able to value our time. Assalamu alaikum. We back with you, uh, Sheikh. Uh, we had a question last week where a listener uh, was SMSed in here. Also, please let us know where could one learn about zikr. You know, like you have classes for everything else. The one, the, the, this, this listener wants to know about uh, classes for zikr or something. Well, you know, that's an excellent question. And I think, actually, the questioner has answered half of the question in their question. And that is, is that zikr is something that needs to be learned, mm-hmm. right? And I think that their acknowledgement of that is a real testament to their sincerity. And you have to think that whenever there's anything priceless in this world, anything that has any value, we always feel that, you know, the best way to get that is to learn that from a person who is proficient in that art, that person who is proficient in that discipline, that person who is proficient in that field of knowledge. So the sicker should be learned from somebody who themselves learned zikr from somebody who themselves learned zikr from somebody, etc., etc., back in a continuous chain of unbroken transmission to Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now, depending where the person lives in the world, what they need to do is they need to try to find a teacher of zikr. I would say if they're in Johannesburg, then we know two sheikhs in Johannesburg, Sheikh Musa Akudi and Sheikh Junaid Mullah. And so... If they can contact either one of them, then they would be able to learn zikr. Why is it that you need a teacher? Right? A person would say, but look, you know, there's so many books of zikr. Imam al-Nawr, the great muhaddith and shafi, faqih, the jurist of Islam, has written a book called Kitab al-Azkar, the collection of zikr. Or a person may think that, in fact, Rasulullah himself has mentioned in the hadith different types of zikr. Well, the reason for this is, is that the type of zikr that we are talking about here is a little bit different. Let me explain. The type of zikr we are talking about is a cure for an illness. You see, there's eating medicine and there's eating food. 
Now, if somebody says that, why should I take the medicine when I can just eat food? And I would say, no, that would be the best, that we want you to eat food. But you have a problem. You have indigestion. You're not able to digest the food. You're not able to intake the food. You're not able to absorb all the nutrients of food. Therefore, what you need to do is you need to start taking these medicines. If you're a little bit sick, maybe you just need vitamins or some basic pills. If you're very sick, maybe you need antibiotics. But once you take these medicines and you become healthy, then you will be able to benefit from the food. So what is the food? The food is tilawat of Quran and praying nafil salah. But the problem is that a person is coming to us and saying that when I pray my farz salah, I'm not able to remember Allah. So it would be nonsensical to tell that person that, okay, go pray nafil. Because he will stare at you and say, look, this is my problem. I know how to pray. I can pray 20 nafil. The problem is, is that I'm not able to remember Allah Ta'ala in my prayer. So I have a particular sickness. So whenever you want to be cured, it's always best to put yourself under the direct care and instruction of a healer, of a person who has dealt with many other patients, a person who has experience with different sicknesses, a person who has experience in which cure is going to be the most beneficial for that sickness. So the zikr is something, and this type of zikr, that is a cure for ghaflat. That zikr, which is a cure for ghaflat, is best learned by somebody who is trained and authorized by a sheikh, who himself was trained and authorized by a sheikh, etc., to administer this cure. Sheikh. You are tuned into CII, and you can get CII live anywhere on the globe. Simply go to our state-of-the-art website, ciibroadcasting.com, and click on the Listen Live link. Uh, if you have any questions for this program here, we've got a new SMS number for you out of South Africa. It's 76 786 and the international SMS dialing number is 0027-76-786-3001. And we're taking your calls. Titus, our engineer, is on standby here. And the number to dial is 011-474-7007. Uh, Sheikh, we had another question here last week where the person says, Assalamu alaikum, maaf for the ignorance, but when we're thinking of Allah, what should we be thinking about? Should we, uttering, should we be uttering the name of Allah? Right. This is a very genuine question that people have, because it's human nature that when we want to think about something or remember some being, or especially when we want to fall in love with some being, then it may seem to us that we must have somewhat in Arabic we call tasawwar, or we must have some concept or some conceptualization of that being. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's part of His uniqueness, part of His greatness, and part of His majesty, that He is beyond any and all conceptualization. So actually there is no particular thing, and definitely, definitely no particular image that a person should be thinking when we think about Allah. But at the same time, a person will respond, okay, I understand that that Allah Subhanahu is transcendent in His being, that He is greater than everything and He is beyond everything. 
but still for me to focus, for me to anchor my concentration down, I need some point, some focal point. That is what Allah Taala mentions in the Quran, again using the word dhikr, was called ismarabik, that when you want to remember me, you will need a focus point. And that focus point is the ism of our Rabb, and that is the ismi azam, ismi jalala, Allah. So when a person sits to do the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're not trying to think of an image or conjure up a concept or conceptualization. Rather, the way this works is that by doing zikr of the ism, the zikr of the ism will lead us to the musamma. That when you reflect, and you will find this even in human beings, that if you think a lot about a person's name, or sometimes you will see that if there's somebody mentions a person's name in front of you, just the mere mention of that name leads you to all of that person's attributes and their essence. So it's the same thing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That by doing the zikr of the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we will be led to doing zikr of his essence of his zat. That said, another thing a person can do is also reflect on the second part of the verse that we did last week, which was, فَذْكُرُونِ أَذْكُرُكُمْ and so if we want to conceive of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing azkurukum, then what we can do is we can imagine and just make this niyat in our heart that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is remembering us by sending His bestowals on us, which we call His waradat, His fuyuzat, His tajalliyat, His beneficence, His generosity, His mercy, His rahim and His karam, His mercy and His generosity. How? that Allah subhanahu mentions in the Quran that he casts a nur into the hearts of people. So we can imagine that a nur or a light is coming into our heart. That nur is not Allah, but that nur is something that Allah sends on our heart. We can conceptualize that if we want as representative of his mercy, his rahmah, his fuzzle, his grace, and his blessings. And that nur, when it enters our heart, is cleansing our heart, is purifying our heart of its sins, is softening our heart towards His remembrance, and is increasing our heart in His love. And now we have a question here for Shaykh here. Assalamu alaikum, Mulana, Jazakallah for an excellent program. Uh, what I would like to know is how can I be constantly in zikr? You know, a person uh, <laughs> who wants to constantly be in a state of zikr, you see, a person who wants to constantly be wet, is a person who must have submerged themselves so deeply in water that when they come out of that submersion to engage in the world, they still remain wet. So there are two aspects to remaining constant in zikr. And that is what the Mashaikh of Pesach have labeled as fana and baga. Fana means that to lose yourself entirely in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this is not, this cannot be a constant state. This is not something that can exist 24 hours. But a person may have some moments, some special time that they spend in zikr. At the time of tahajjud, at the time of fajr, after asr, some special time in which they are able to disconnect from everything and connect exclusively to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they do that, the more kamal they do that, the more perfect uh, they do that, then that effect will linger on with them throughout the day. Just like you will find that a person, if, has, if they have some source of joy in their life, and something makes them very happy, 
then the effect of that happiness will linger on throughout their day. And so a person who goes deep into the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if it's just for 20 or 30 minutes, when they come out of that, the effect of that victor will linger on in them throughout the day. And the second way to be constant in our zikr is to constantly bring ourselves on that zikr. After we reach that deep submersion and then we go back to our worldly occupations to keep reminding ourselves, to keep thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the best way to do this is to observe the sharia and to follow the sunnah. Because every single thing that we do that is according to the sharia is actually an act of zikr. Because we are doing that act according to the sharia for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we would only do that if we were remembering Allah at that moment. And second is to follow the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu So the more and more our life and our lifestyle is according to the sunnah, the more and more we will be in a state of constant zikr. Sheikh, we have another question here where the uh, SMS says, Yes, salams. Please advise on love for name and fame, hubbija. How do you know you have it and how do you eliminate, eliminate this? Right. So the love for name, fame, status, reputation is something that is severely frowned upon in the deen of Islam. How does a person know, right? And this is very important. And alhamdulillah, again, this is the sincerity of the questioner that we need to know how can we diagnose ourselves whether we have these things. And, you know, inshallah, Aziz, just the thicker and the worry of this person would mean that Allah sponsor will guide them to that. So the first answer, really, is this, that we should all have a desire, we should make dua to Allah sponsor, that Allah sponsor make my flaws and my faults and my sins open to me. Unveil for me my deficiencies so that, and give me the tawfiq, the success and the ability to rectify and purify them. In this particular case of the love for fame and reputation, the one check for that is that if we see that we should look in our heart whenever somebody praises us. If we find that our heart is happy when somebody praises us, and if we find that our heart is sad when somebody doesn't praise us, then it means that our heart is not a slave to whether Allah is pleased with us or not. Our heart has become enslaved to whether humanity or makhluk is pleased with us or not. And if that is the state of our heart, that means that what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to please people. And so that is something we should really think that, look, the cure for this then, so this was one symptom. Let me also then mention a cure. A cure is that when every, anyone praises us, we should immediately think that Allah's ta'ala does not mean that they're praising. They're praising your sifat, your attribute of being a sattar, that you have concealed my sins. So what they're doing is they're actually praising the cloak that you have put over me. They are praising the cloak of your mercy, not my essence. Because if they were to see my hakikat and my reality, they would find so many sins in it that they would not want to praise. But instead of being able to penetrate and to see what I really am, what they're actually seeing is the outer garb of mercy in which you have enshrouded me in, and that's really what they're praising. And therefore, a person should then instead praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and have shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, make me according to their husnizan, 
Let me make me as they're so kind and generous to think me to be. Uh, Sheikh, Jazakallah for that. We have uh, another SMS here all the way from Kuwait. And this brother says, I'm already in barrier with Sheikh Zulfikar Ahmed over the phone. Uh, he says, Jazakallah khairan for a, for a lovely program. And he wants to know who can he contact and how can he learn zikr in Kuwait. I wonder if you know about that, Sheikh? Uh, there is nobody in Kuwait uh, that I know of, Allahu Akbar, right? Uh, but I think that if he if he is a student of our Sheikh, the Sheikh Zulfikar Ahmed, uh, then the best way for him would be for him to contact the Sheikh through the Sheikh's website which is www.thesawwuf.org and ask them uh, through the website uh, that what is the best way, is there any person in Kuwait whom I can keep in touch with? Otherwise, and perhaps he may want to mention other areas that he travels to, if he goes to the UAE, if he travels to Pakistan, and depending on areas that he frequently visits, he may be put in touch with somebody in that area. Jazakallah, Sheikh, uh, for inspiring us with your wisdom, your speech, your advice. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase you in knowledge and continue using you f- to spread this noble and beautiful deen of Islam. Sheikh, uh, we here in South Africa, we on the 1st of Rabiul Awal, it's the 26th of February, 2009, and uh, Sheikh, uh, Next week we'll have to speak about the zikr, but I think, uh, uh, you know, from my side, uh, you can really spiritually rejuvenate us with, uh, uh, the, you know, uh, the durud, what important aspect it plays in the line of zikr. I think we could take an advantage, you know, from your experience, from your expertise, and from your knowledge in this particular regard. So we look forward to speaking to you next week. Inshallah, we're going to go for a break. And until next week, Sheikh Kamaluddin, we will see you and we will speak to you again, Inshallah.